The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. In 1 Corinthians 9.27, the Apostle Paul was concerned about becoming disqualified is the way the word is translated. What does Paul mean by this word, and what should it mean to us? That's what we will be discussing today in this Q&A version of Grace in Focus, a podcast and radio broadcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Thank you for joining us today. Find out more about us at faithalone.org or about our online seminary, which offers an MDiv degree at gesseminary.org. Now here is Bob Wilkin with today's Q&A discussion. I have a great question here from Al. Al is asking about 1 Corinthians 9.27. That's where Paul said, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And Al's question is based primarily on that word disqualified, which I believe is a poor translation. But let's understand his question first, and then we can talk about this word disqualified. He says that John MacArthur has a message entitled, Should Fallen Pastors Be Restored? And he says that MacArthur uses 1 Corinthians 9.27 as one of his supporting scriptures in suggesting that a pastor or church ministry leader can be deemed as disqualified to lead from their ministry leadership role as a result of some identified gross sin. And so I'll ask, what does restoration look like after disqualification? And how is the disqualification status removed or expunged in the church arena? Or are they living forever disqualified? Well, that's a great question. Now, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, Paul is talking about eternal rewards and specifically ruling with Christ. He's alluding to something called the Isthmian Games, which were held outside of Corinth every three years. One of the events they had were boxing matches. Another event they had were running races, like running 200 meters. And so... Paul tells the believers in Corinth that those who competed in those games were competing for a perishable crown, but we are competing for an imperishable crown. Well, their crown was an olive wreath. They might have had their name written on the outside of the stadium. There might have been some financial rewards. But the truth is, these were very short-lived rewards. But ruling with Christ is forever, and so it's an imperishable crown. And Paul goes on to say that we are to fight and we are to run. He says, I fight not as one who beats the air. And he says, I run not with uncertainty. In other words, he's boxing to strike his opponent. He's running with an aim to finish the race, to be in the finishing line. I remember when I was in high school, I ran track only one semester, my final semester in high school. I ran 400, well, it was actually, I was going to say 400 meters, but it was actually 440 yards back then, a quarter mile. And I was a fairly decent quarter miler. And the coach wanted me to try the 880, the half mile. 
So I remember my first 880, I was running with two guys who had been in the California state meet the year before in 880 yards. They were terrific. So I came through the first lap in the lead by a pretty good margin. And I thought, man, this is easy because I was just jogging around there. I ran the first lap in 60 seconds and I'd been running the quarter mile in around 53, 54 seconds. So 60 seemed easy. Well, then what happened is when I got a fourth of the way around on the second lap, it was like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't run. I was discombobulated. It ended up the second lap took me 71 seconds, and I went from first place to about eighth place. And it was very humiliating, and it was very taxing. You see, I didn't keep my eyes on the finish line. I was just thinking I'm going to run as fast as I can, as far as I can. I should have run slower in the first lap, and that would have given me uh, strength for the second lap. Well, Paul then goes on to say, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself might be adakimas. Adakimas does not mean disqualified. It's the opposite of dakimas. The alpha letter in front of a word in Greek often reverses its meaning. And that's true in this case. The word dakimas is used in the Iwana verse. Approved workmen are not ashamed. 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself an approved workman. The word for approved is dakimas. Well, the opposite of that is adakimas, disapproved. And what Paul is talking about is not approval in this life, but he's talking about approval at the judgment seat of Christ. And what he's saying is, I must run to the finish. I must fight to the end. And in fact, in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, Paul picks up these same themes and says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. What we can see there is that we must run, and we must fight, and we must keep the faith to the end of our lives in order to receive the crown of ruling with Christ. And of course, Paul knew he was about to be martyred. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. So he knew he had persevered to the end in his Christian life. So the issue here is not being disqualified from church ministry, although that would certainly be true that if someone were to stop running the Christian race, stop fighting the Christian fight that was, let's say, a pastor, well, then they no longer would be qualified to shepherd a flock. You see that in Matthew twenty four forty five to 51, where a man is feeding his fellow servants, which suggests this may be a pastor, a pastor type of person. And yet he begins to say, my Lord delays his coming. And as a result, instead of feeding his fellow servants, he begins to beat his fellow servants, which I would call spiritual abuse. And he begins to drink with the drunkards. Well, He lost his focus, and as a result, he no longer was doing what God had called him to do. 
And what would restoration look like for a pastor who has fallen? Well, it would look like the prodigal son. As long as the pastor is in the spiritual far country, he's not going to be qualified to be back in fellowship with God or certainly to lead God's people. But once he returns from the spiritual far country and once he's back in fellowship with God, then the congregation could talk about possible restoration to his post as pastor. I would suggest if a person has a major moral fall, and by the way, that's not what 1 Corinthians 9.27 is talking about. It's talking about someone who no longer has his eyes on the prize, who's no longer looking for Christ's soon return, who's no longer living in light of the judgment seat of Christ. And so the person may or may not be living a life of sin. That's certainly the case in Luke 15 with the prodigal son. But in any case, he needs to be focused on serving Christ and living for Christ. If the person is caught up in some sort of sin and they repent and the elders in the local church decide, yes, he has repented, he is back in fellowship with God, then the elders need to decide how long before he could come back as pastor, if ever. Some churches decide, you know what, this has disqualified this person from uh, being the pastor of this flock again. And so they can go to another church, they can go into a parachurch ministry, they can become a missionary, or they can go into secular work, but they're not going to be pastor of this assembly anymore. But ultimately, it's the decision of the elders, if you believe in elder rule, which I do. Al says, how is the disqualification status removed or expunged? Well, again, it's removed or expunged by a church, by the elders making that decision. But in terms of God, it's removed once the person returns to fellowship with God. In Luke 16, the father says, my son who was dead is alive again. He's not talking about he had everlasting life, he lost it and he got it back. He's talking about that he was in fellowship with me. Then he was dead to me in terms of fellowship. And now he's alive to me in terms of fellowship with the father. That is the real issue in this disqualification, which really is being disapproved. If you as a believer are in a state of approval, then that's terrific. But now you need to continue in the faith in order to remain approved. And that's what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 9.27. He knew he was approved at that point, but would he persevere? That he did not know. And that you and I cannot know. We know for sure we have everlasting life because of the promise of John 3.16, which has nothing to do with perseverance. The moment we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're guaranteed we'll never perish, but we have everlasting life. But we must persevere in order to rule with Christ. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. Endurance is necessary to rule and reign with Christ. The Lord Jesus in Revelation 2.26 says, He who overcomes and keeps my works to the end, to him I will give authority over the nations or over the Gentiles. We need to recognize that perseverance is required to rule. 
Perseverance is required to have what Paul calls in 1 Corinthians 9.25, the imperishable crown. Great question, Al. And I would say in terms of church discipline, that's a matter for the uh, elders in the local church to determine when a person has repented and when they might be allowed to go back to teach Sunday school or to pastor or to be a deacon or an elder again, or whether they've been disqualified from that permanently because of something they have done. But either way, the most important thing is the way God views us. We want God to view us as approved. We want the Lord Jesus Christ to say, well done good and faithful servant. He will say that at the judgment seat of Christ for every believer who has persevered in faith and good works at the end of their lives. They are walking in the light and living in fellowship with God. Thanks so much for listening and remember to keep grace in focus. Would you be interested in some free ebooks on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials. That's faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, we answer a question about Zane Hodges' view of salvation in Romans. I hope you'll join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.